ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one that you love the most, Niall Hessen. Back once again, shortly after filming Week in a Glance, episode number three. I told you guys, you know, ultimately my goal for this podcast, especially now with the uh, NFL offseason um, and the uncertainty surrounding the MLB, was to try to get at least one podcast out every week. I'm doing even better. I think this is going to be my second podcast in two days. So, you know, the grind is very, the very reasonable. You know, I just got home from a baseball game and there was just so much to unpack from the day in the NFL that I just had to get on the mic right away and talk about it. So I will be solo once again. I didn't even console Ben or Lucas or any other of my my co-hosts who uh, put together a combined show. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we had two of the biggest deals in NFL history, and both on the same day. Um, So it's definitely something that we're going to be talking about. If you guys live under a rock and do not know what I'm going to be talking about, the two points that we're going to talk about mainly here on the podcast are Aaron Rodgers signing that big contract to stay in Green Bay, and then Russell Wilson getting traded to the Denver Broncos. This is going to be very interesting. So without further ado, I hope you guys are excited. It'll probably be another short episode Um, Like I said, I just want to get this out for you guys because this is very big news. And as we are an NFL podcast primarily, it's only necessary to get it out right now. So let's do it. First, Aaron Rodgers, good old Aaron Rodgers, signs a four-year, $200 million contract, $153 million of that money, to be guaranteed with the Green Bay Packers, I think making him the richest contract in NFL history that's what they're saying right now. I don't know if they have any evidence to back it up, which off the top of my head, I'm already thinking of like Patrick Mahomes. I think his might have been like 10-year, 495, which if you do the math, it's like $49.5 million per year. Um, so maybe that's why, because it's $50 million that is the most expensive. But I would have said that Patrick Mahomes, his contract would have been a little bit more expensive. I don't know. Not really too interested in it. The, the point of the matter is they're making a lot of money, and especially with the late in career that Aaron Rodgers is in, it definitely is you know a lot of money. And I feel like every single year, not only in the NFL, but in the NBA and MLB as well, every year there's new contracts that break the, like, the previous record of highest paid um, in whatever. And that could be for multiple reasons. A, teams are that sold in on the player that they really want to lock them up. It could be B, that the players are so greedy, um, even though they've already made like $200 million and they obviously don't need any more money, they still want to have either the richest title um, with the contract or they just believe that they want more money. And then also it could be a little bit of inflation, which might sound ridiculous, but inflation has been going up as well. So I don't know. There's a lot of interesting points with that and why contracts every year, and not only the NFL, but the MLB, the NBA, even the NHL, are continuing to break records every year. It's definitely something that's very interesting. Um, I was just kind of thinking about them, talking about that briefly. But still, this is a massive contract. And for Aaron Rodgers signing with the Packers, I think it's very surprising. Going into last year when Aaron Rodgers was just sitting out and not really wanting to participate, you know, a lot of criticism was put on Aaron Rodgers for, you know, how he handled that situation with being with Green Bay his entire career and whatnot. And obviously... A kind of another thing with contracts being broken is players' unhappiness with the team um, has definitely started to come as of late. I don't know why. I feel like in older generations, you know, players would suck it up for the most part um, and stick in playing with the team that they are, even if they were unhappy with it. But I feel like in today's society, 
every single team, there's at least one player that just does not like playing for that team. Even if they're making tons of money or won the MVP in back-to-back seasons, it's getting ridiculous to a point, honestly. But still, Aaron Rodgers, you know, was unhappy with the Green Bay front office, and there was a lot of question marks, you know, surrounding Aaron Rodgers with his um, status in Green Bay, with his status in playing football. Um, he ultimately came back to Green Bay with his man bun and uh, flip-flops. I believe he walked into training camp. And then, you know, went through training camp, whatever. First game of the season against the Saints. They lose 38-3, to and everybody was just clowning on Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was getting the heat from everybody because this guy was just sitting out saying how he didn't want to play for Green Bay um, for multiple reasons, whether it was a front office issue, he didn't like his team, whatever. And then he goes out and scores three points against the Saints, who starting Jameis Winston for the first time. It was hilarious. As a Vikings fan, it was the funniest thing in the world because obviously I don't like the Packers. They're my least favorite team in the NFL. And honestly, I don't really like Aaron Rodgers, but I kind of like the success he has because I've always liked players that have had good success, like great athletes, because that's what I am, you know? So it kind of makes sense why they correlate there, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, But no, nonetheless, you know, Aaron Rodgers put up, besides that first game, a spectacular year, won back-to-back MVPs, and now he's getting his due. Um, And a lot of people were expecting in this year's free agency to him to go to a different team, whether that was to Pittsburgh with Big Ben retiring or, you know, 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo looking like he's not going to be the quarterback, even the Denver Broncos, which they ended up getting Russell Wilson. So there was a lot of destinations for Aaron Rodgers to end up, um, and he ends up going to the Packers, which I think is very surprising because if you were to ask me going into this offseason, you know, where Aaron Rodgers would end up, I probably would have said like a 20% chance that he would have stayed with the Packers. As time moved on at the beginning of free agency and towards the end of the year, um, you know, when he realized like, okay, the Packers are actually legit this year, um, like they are every year. And he, I think the front office was kind of able to get him to be more content with the situation uh, that he was in and kind of convincing him to stick with the Packers. Ultimately, he realized he's like, dude, you know, we actually have something going really well here. So why would I change that? Now, again, I don't know the thought process for Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if he's still unhappy. I don't want. Okay, if he's unhappy now, there's seriously an issue wrong with that guy because he's making about 50 million a year, Um, actually 50 million plus endorsements and whatever. Um, But there's a lot of things with Aaron Rodgers, and it's just so much money for a big investment, which coming off back-to-back MVP seasons and right now being the best quarterback in football with Tom Brady officially retiring, it could definitely have its benefit. The only downside to this deal, and I've always been this type of way with deals this late into somebody's career, is Aaron Rodgers is 38 years old right now. His birthday is December 2nd, so he'll probably be, well, he'll, he will be 42 um, when the, by the time his contract's up. Tom Brady's 44. He was continuing to play well at 42 um, and obviously at 44. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, age 40. Drew Brees, I think he was around the 40 range. So I'm not worried about Aaron Rodgers being a successful quarterback. Really, the first two years, what I'm really scared of is the third and fourth year. Will he be the same Aaron Rodgers that you know he, well, signed this contract to be, but also the back-to-back MVP type seasons that he was having? Will he be that same Aaron Rodgers? You know, I really don't know. Um, I think, like I said, the first two years of the contract would be great, but the last two years, man, that's scary. You look at that in sports world, not only with the NFL, but with MLB players specifically and pitchers, you know, 
especially when they sign these big contracts and especially towards the end of their career, they get old. People get old, especially playing football. You know, the game seems to be evolving faster and faster every single season, which is something to keep an eye on. But, you know, I definitely think it's a big investment, and I think it's well-deserved for Aaron Rodgers, especially coming off back-to-back MVPs. Now he only just needs that other Super Bowl in Green Bay, and he's set um, and probably will re-sign once again. Maybe he'll be the Tom Brady Jr. and continue to play for his 40. So that was a big investment by the Packers, but what also was a big investment was franchise tagging Devontae Adams as the right-hand man. A lot of people were expecting, you know, if Aaron Rodgers left for sure, that Devontae Adams would join either him or leave as well. I think a lot of people were expecting Devontae Adams to go to the Raiders. I didn't see that the the Packers ended up tagging Devontae until I was getting ready for the show, and I saw that they did tag him. So that's definitely a good thing for them because Aaron Rodgers has, you know, loved Devontae Adams his entire career. He can contribute to a lot of his successes as well. Um, this is just another weapon that Aaron Rodgers has. So looking at their team, you know, Bakhtiari missed pretty much the whole year with his ACL. He should be back. Um, the backfield, the two-man backfield is going to be great. The Packers look really scary. As much as I hate to say that, I just want Aaron Rodgers and the Packers out of my division. Um, you know, I would like the Vikings to have some type of success. But with the roster and the team that they have and where the Packers are at, especially keeping Devontae Adams, which is huge, because um, he is a big part of Aaron Rodgers' success in Green Bay, it definitely was a big sign for them. Enough of Aaron Rodgers, because I didn't want to even talk about him for that long, but, you know, people got to do what they got to do, especially in situations like this. There was another big trade or deal that happened today, and Russell Wilson got traded to the Denver Broncos. So here are the trade details officially. Russell Wilson traded to Denver for Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, two first-round picks, one in 2022 and one in 2023, two second-round picks, a fourth-round and a fifth-round pick. That is a haul. I did not realize that they had traded that much. I knew initially because I had a baseball game today. Um, my buddies told me that Drew Locke, I believe, was a part of the deal for sure. Um, I did not know Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, and then all these picks. I figured there was you know, a good amount because you see a lot of these situations where a star player like Russell Wilson gets traded in about 18 picks and a couple players come with it. But, you know, this is a huge win for the Broncos. And frankly, I really, 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 really do believe this is eventually going to be a huge win for Seattle. You know, for the Broncos, I've always said this long, so long, ever since Drew Locke took the helm in Denver, the Broncos are a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contending team. Now they have a little more of an issue because I don't really think they have an established running back, um, which is a big thing that they had when they had, you know, Philip Lindsay and whatnot. The Denver's defense is really solid. You don't have Von Miller anymore, boohoo. You still got a lot of weapons on the defensive side. Wide receivers, Cortland Sutton can be a good one. Jared Judy, solid wide receivers there. You are losing a tight end, though, which is huge because thinking about it, the tight end, especially in Denver, has always been so big for the Broncos' success. Not only running the football, but in the passing game as well. You're losing a valuable asset in the tight end position, which is going to eventually be huge for them. I think Russell Wilson has his weapons that he needs to be successful um, You know, when the time comes in Denver. But losing that tight end, man, because Denver's type of system is running the football and playing defense. Everybody knows that. Teams that they play know that. And they do have success for the most part. They have the advantage of playing at home uh, to begin with, let alone having a good defense and a good running game as well. 
with Russell Wilson getting flown into the mix here, this is a little bit of a tricky situation because it's almost like you're evolving game plans completely from a more run-focused team to potentially a more either run-focused team with Russell Wilson or a pass-first team, um, something else that people are a little bit hesitant about with Denver. So it might be a little bit of a change there. You also have a new coach. It's the Green Bay Packers offensive coordinator, if I'm not mistaken, um, Nathaniel Hackett. So a good option there. Um, you know, with a new system, if, if Vic Vangio was there, I really don't think this Russell Wilson deal would have had any value whatsoever. But now that you have Nathaniel Hackett, I should probably actually look that up to make sure that that's true. Yeah, it is Nathaniel Hackett. Okay, I was tripping for a second. Um, but, you know, with Vic Vangio, I definitely don't think Russell Wilson would have had that success. Now, the, the thing for the Broncos here is you've ultimately sold on winning, winning football games, making the playoffs, and I'll probably winning the Super Bowl. Here's the tricky side with the Broncos. They need to make some more moves in free agency and as well as a draft. And I think they will because you have the Kansas City Chiefs in your division, which obviously every year is going to be insane. The Chargers are sprung up this year. The Raiders were sprung up this year and the Broncos were in the mix this year. So this was probably one of the best divisions in football. You don't see too much pieces moving away. Um, you know, the Chargers are going to be good. Chiefs are going to be good. The Raiders will probably be good as well. So if the Broncos want to have success and win the division, let alone make the playoffs, you need to add some weapons. And a big weapon there would be the running back. Because like I said, the defense is solid. The other parts of the offense besides the quarterback and running back are actually pretty solid as well. So really nothing to change from that aspect. But overall, it's a very good win for the Broncos. Now let me explain to you how it's a good win for the Seahawks. The Seahawks benefit I believe, especially down the line. Not really right now, because on top of, you know, Russell Wilson getting traded, they also released Bobby Wagner, which I think signals that if they weren't already rebuilding, they definitely are now. You're not going to trade away your team. I'm sorry. You're not going to release your team captain for several years and your franchise quarterback to try to win a Super Bowl. That's just not what you're going to be doing. So if they're not rebuilding, I don't know what the hell they're doing in Seattle. Um, But this definitely, in my opinion, signals a rebuild. And kind of the weapons that they have now, Drew Locke, very new in his career. Noah Fant coming from a prestigious and great university that produces tight ends and is just a great university in every five-star recruit you go there in the University of Iowa. Shelby Harris, a strong safety for, um, you know, entering that secondary. And then you got the two first-round picks, one this year with the ninth overall selection, then the 2023 one, two second-rounders, a fourth and a fifth. There is a lot of room for the Seahawks to build around an offense, build around a defense, and build around Pete Carroll. Another positive fact there that I just mentioned is Pete Carroll, assuming that he'll still be the head coach for a little bit. Pete Carroll is one of the greatest coaches in football, uh, potentially in football history, if if you really want to dig deep. Um, So he's going to be able to mentor these young players to have success in the league and uh, show how to have success. So it does benefit the Seahawks. I definitely think down the line it benefits them. Definitely not now. you know, it's going to hurt them there. It's going to be a tough stretch of years, which I think is actually not too bad of a situation with saying how good the NFC West has been last year. Finishing last in your division, you got the Cardinals who are iffy Niners who probably will suck this year. The Rams just won a Super Bowl. So there's a lot of question marks that a division, if you're going to rebuild, this is definitely the time to do so. Um, but yeah, definitely very interesting. Now is Drew Locke, the franchise quarterback for Seattle. I guess it might be another experiment because obviously it didn't work in Denver and I was very hesitant about Drew Locke. I just don't think his materials for the NFL translate as well as it did. They thought from college. 
Um, but Drew Locke, this could be a situation where a change of scenery, a change of coaching staff can really help Drew Locke be successful because obviously the Seattle Seahawks see something in Drew Locke to trade Russell Wilson to Denver when they could have traded him to a different team um, potentially like the 49ers or the Steelers and get a, a franchise quarterback in return. But they pick the Broncos and they get their quarterback of the future and Drew Locke. Um, so we'll see what happens. I do definitely think that his slack will be a little bit uh, smaller. You know, Drew Locke's going to be told, you know, you got to rebuild, but you also got to win and show that you can be the franchise quarterback. And I do believe that he can. I just, if you guys know from past Truth Podcast, I definitely think Drew Locke was one of the worst quarterbacks one of the worst busts, I should say, in the draft because I felt like he was holding back the Broncos. But, yeah, you know, honestly, it's a solid deal. Like I said, Russ for, you know, to Denver, it definitely helps the Broncos. Everybody knows that. It hurts the Seahawks right now but helps them down the line. So some big, big moves there, um, like I said. But, honestly, another very hectic day in the NFL, um, another hectic day in trades. I had to get these two big deals out there to uh, let you guys know my thoughts on them because, like I said, you know, being a being a podcaster and focusing on the NFL, we got to let them know. But I'd be very curious to see how this affects other teams down the line. What do the 49ers do at quarterback? The Steelers, the – well, I shouldn't say the Broncos because, you know, they just got the quarterback. But do they go draft a quarterback? No, obviously the 49ers are not going to draft a quarterback. Um, the Steelers, you know, did they go try to get somebody else? The, the Buccaneers, they need a quarterback as well. So, you know, Russ getting traded to the Broncos eliminates one option there for a team that needed a quarterback. What happens to the other teams that need a quarterback um, down the line? Does Deshaun Watson get traded to hopefully the Vikings? Um, but a team like the Buccaneers or the Steelers, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of interesting notes to look at down the line. But nonetheless, you know, Keep an eye on the draft. The draft's going to be coming up soon. We'll have some draft shows coming up as well, um, maybe even after the draft as well. But very curious to see because I don't really like the draft class this year at the quarterback position, so we'll see. Anyways, guys, thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. Like I said, I appreciate you guys' support. Um, I want to get this podcast out to you guys. Make sure you follow The Truth on all sh- socials, particularly on Twitter because that is the only social that we currently are operating on. Um, Follow the Twitter on Truth at The Truth as One to stay up to date with the latest information regarding the truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value I know for sure you do not want to miss. Stay tuned. If there's any more big deals or signings or whatever, you definitely will keep a lookout for the show. I will definitely tweet out if I'm going to be posting a podcast or a certain type um, or anything like that. So make sure you guys check that out. Make sure you guys check out the last podcast as well. Um, where I dove deeper into some of the issues around the NFL and not only the NFL, but the MLB, NBA in my week of a glance. I don't know when the next time I'll see you guys or talk to you guys is, but it should be soon. So keep on the lookout for that. As always, I appreciate the support. The support has continued to grow as time moves on, which is always awesome because I'm putting in the time and the work. Um, you know, it's about drive, it's about power. We stay hungry, we devour. I'll talk to you guys in the next episode because I'm just rambling on and on. It is one o'clock at night. I need to go to sleep. So I'll talk to you guys later. Stay safe. Peace. Peace.